being connected to is all about. In this day and age of cell phones, most of you are familiar with a connection and a good connection. And we're also frustrated when we have dropped calls and poor connection. And I can't hear you. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Uh, in this day and age, you know, getting away from these landlines, they said, would make everything so much more convenient and so much more easy. I'm just going to tell you, I don't ever remember a time where I was on the phone with somebody on a landline and ever had to ask them, can you hear me now? <laughs> you know, amen. Praise the Lord. So uh, this is what happens when you trust AEP with your electricity. <clears throat> Uh, they're trying to get electricity to places that don't have it, and so uh, they'll disconnect our property, and thankfully we're on a phase three, so we'll still be able to function and operate, and you can just, when you drive by, just wave at them and tell them, God bless you. <laughs> but speaking of being connected, amen, that's a good illustration. Thank you, Lord. Today, we're going to be talking about the connection between the vine and the branches, the vine and the branches. Uh, you're going to find in today's passage from John chapter 15 uh, that Jesus is the true vine. Jesus is the true vine. Uh, and you're going to see today in the scripture that not only is Jesus the true vine, but, the, but God the Father is the owner of the vineyard. He owns all of it. And, and as the owner of the vineyard, he has to steward that vineyard. He has to care for it. He has to provide for it. He has to nourish it. And so today we're going to be talking about abiding in Christ. And we're going to understand the relationship between the vineyard keeper, the owner of the vineyard, the true vine, and the branches, which is what we are. If you're here today and you claim to be a Christian, you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, then you're a branch. But I'm going to tell you, if you're a branch and you're not connected to the true vine, then that's why you're exhausted, that's why you have fatigue, that's why you're frustrated, that's why you don't seem to have a, a good victory in your Christian walk, that's why you don't seem to be a witness or a good witness, let's say, because you're not connected to the true vine. We're going to understand, hopefully, after our passage today, why that connection is crucial, why that connection is so important. So your knees have had a little bit of a break. John chapter 15, beginning at verse 1. If you're physically able, would you please stand in honor of the reading of God's Word. John 15, beginning at verse 1. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vineyard keeper. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, He removes. And he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I in you. Just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. Remain in me. That is that term, that is that expression of abiding in Christ. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit. Because you can do nothing without me. If anyone does not remain in me, he's thrown aside like a branch 
and he withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. The key to that is abiding in Christ. When you abide in Christ, you won't even ask for things that are not within God's will. Understand that. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. Let us pray. Dear most gracious Heavenly Father, we praise you, we thank you, we honor you. God, today that you've brought us together in this house of worship to worship you in spirit and in truth. Thank you, God, for the privilege, the freedom that we have to meet with you today, to hear from you today. And so, God, by the moving of your Holy Spirit and the reading of your Holy Word, do what only you could get the credit for. Do what only you could claim that you did. God, I pray for the person in here today that's not connected. And they, they're noticing that it's a struggle and they're noticing that things aren't as they should be. And today, if they'll just reach out to you as you're reaching down to them, then they can finally be connected to the true vine. Thank you again for all your blessings. To you be all the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So being connected is crucial, and it's crucial to our walk. It's crucial to our victory in Christ. It's crucial that we feel that connection, that we have that connection, and that we continue in that connection. So I want to begin with a question today. Are you connected? You know, you may say, well, I grew up in church. I'm not asking you about that. You may say, well, uh, my parents were Christians. I'm not asking you about that. This Christianity is it's not in your DNA. You don't, you're not born a Christian. You have to actually be born again to be a Christian. And, uh, a lot of times people will think because they've done good or they've always been, the, been a, a good person or tried to be good, they think that somehow that makes them godly or that makes them a Christian. Listen to what I'm telling you. It's not about a church. It's not about a religion. It's not about good deeds, good works, or good words. It is about a time in your life where you said, I'm a sinner. I need to be saved. And only Jesus can save me. This is not about where you grew up. It's not about who raised you. It is about what have you done with this Jesus Christ of Nazareth? Have you made Him your Lord? Have you made Him your Savior? I'm not asking what church you're affiliated with, what denomination you are. I'm asking you, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, because that's what it means to be connected. You won't one day be asked when your time comes, when your heart stops beating and you're no longer breathing, you won't open your eyes and be asked, what church are you affiliated with? I know there are some denominations that think that. You, you won't be asked, what good deeds have you done? You will not be asked, how much money did you get? You won't be asked, did your good outweigh your bad? You won't be asked any of that. You'll, you, if, if you don't understand that you have to have that personal relationship and you're counting on a church to save you or you're counting on your good deeds to save you, you're going to be sorely, sorely disappointed for eternity. Separated. That's not something I want to wager eternity on. I think I'm saved. I hope I'm saved. 
I hope my good deeds outweigh my bad. I, I don't want to wager eternity on a hope or a wish. I want to know. I want to make sure that I'm connected to the true vine. So Jesus said, I am the vine. He said, I'm the true vine. Are you connected to Jesus? Are you connected to Him through that personal relationship? That's the starting point. And then watch this. Are you connected to Him through His Word? That's where we receive nourishment. Just like the plants. Just like the, the things in agriculture need nourishment. They need to be fed. They need to be watered. They need to have a certain amount of, of uh, sunlight. They need to have a certain nutrient in the soil for it to be, to, to be successful and to produce. So here's my question for you. If you are here today and you are born again, you have that personal connection to Jesus. Excellent. But are you being fed through the reading of His Word? And not just limited to your exposure to a sermon on Sunday morning. That's not enough to get you through a week. Are you reading His Word just like that plant needs to be uh, nourished? You, your soul, your mind has to receive that Word. Get in this and allow it to teach you and allow it to nourish you just like that plant. So, are you connected to Jesus through a personal relationship? Are you connected to Jesus through the reading of His Word, through the study of His Word? There are many people today that say they're a Christian... But if you were to analyze it, they would be malnourished when it comes to being fed by His Word. They would have a deficiency. They would have a God's Word deficiency because they're not getting enough of that Word. You're getting a lot of the influences of the world and you're getting a lot of the negativity of the world, but there's very little nourishment and nutrients from God's Word because you don't prioritize it. You don't read it. Then this third thing... Are you connected? Are you connected to pollination through other Christians coming together, being a part of a Sunday school class, being a part of church, finding out where you're gifted and, and, and where your area of service within the church is so that you're a part of the body and not just a bench warmer, not just someone that comes occasionally, but you're actually connected. You're connected to Jesus through being through a relationship, you're connected to Jesus through a study of His Word, and then you're connected through pollination with other Christians. I'm just going to tell you this. There's something about a Sunday school setting or a Bible school, Bible school setting or Bible study setting where you will actually learn from what other people in that group, in that class, share experiences they've had, testimonies that they have. There's something special about being in that group and having that discussion about what you got out of that passage, what you've learned in, in this faith walk, there's something so special that God has called us to, and that's part of that pollination. Learning from other Christians. Learning. Look at verse 2 real quick, though. Verse 2 points out something that we don't like. <laughs> verse 2 points out something that's a little difficult. It's that pruning. Verse 2 says, Every branch in me that does not produce fruit... He removes and He prunes every branch that produces fruit so that what? So that it will produce more fruit. Pruning is not always comfortable. In fact, it probably is rarely comfortable. Because what has to happen for pruning to take place? You've got to cut something off. You've got to trim something. You've got to squeeze something. You've got to, you've got to literally detach something. Can I just tell you that sometimes in your Christian walk, 
you're going to have to cut off a relationship. Some of you aren't listening. Because it's difficult, I know. But that person could be dragging you down so much to the point that person could be a negative influence in your walk. That person could be hindering what God wants to do in your life. And I know we don't like the thought of pruning. In fact, we especially don't like it when we have to be pruned ourselves and we have to have something cut off. It could be a job change. That's difficult. That's tough. It definitely can be another person that has to be cut off. But what if it's this? What if it's a... He's about to step on toes. Warning, warning. Um, What if it's a habit? What if it's a, a certain thing that you're doing that's hindering your prayer life, that's hindering your walk, and God has convicted you about that? Not the preacher, not another Christian. You feel in the Holy Spirit a conviction about that habit. Whatever it is, you fill in the blank. Because as soon as I start naming one, I'll leave yours out and you'll go... (laughs) Thank God he didn't mention mine. I'm not going to do that. You fill in the blank. There's a habit in your life that God has convicted you about, that God has pointed out to you, that is hindering your prayers. And some of you have even mentioned to me, I sometimes feel like my prayers are being hindered. So evaluate. Is your prayer walk or prayer life hindered because of a habit that God has said, prune, cut it off, stop, get rid of. And until you obey, until you allow that to be cut off, until you allow that pruning process, sometimes painful, but until you allow that process to happen... Your prayers will continue to be hindered. Your walk will continue to be hindered. Pruning. don't like it. But I love the second part of that verse because it takes something that maybe we think of as a negative. Go back and look at it. Every branch of me that does not produce fruit, he removes. Okay, that makes sense. It's not producing fruit. Cut it off, right? (laughs) We could all agree on that. Even in a Baptist business meeting, we'd probably unanimously vote to cut that off. Amen. Probably have one abstain from voting. <laughs> but look at the second part of it. And he prunes every branch that produces fruit. Well, why would he do that? Well, it answers it. So that it will produce more. So that it will be more productive. So that there will be more victory. So that there will be more power. Pruning is necessary, pruning is essential. It's a beautiful thing. We need to embrace it. We need to see God at work in that process. Sometimes we have to say bye to somebody. Sometimes we have to change a career or a job. But pruning, the end result, is a beautiful thing. Ask anybody that works in horticulture or anybody that loves plants or roses or bushes. It's a beautiful thing. Beautiful. So, are you connected? Are you producing fruit? And let me just tell you this. We do a real good job being a fruit inspector of other people's lives. But we don't like looking within. We love talking about those and them and other people. But we don't like when we take a look in the mirror. We don't like to get self-reflective and look at our own... I'm telling you right now, you're not to be a fruit inspector of other people. You're supposed to look at your life. 
Is there fruit in your life? That is a great sign. That is a great sign from the Lord. That is a confirmation from the Lord that you are doing the right thing. Is there fruit? Well, Brother Chad, what does fruit look like? So let's talk about that for a minute. Fruit to me, and what I look for in my life, am I replicating? In other words, and not just through preaching, because that, that you know, when we start looking at that, we have to be careful. I'm talking about in my in in my relationships with people, in my friendships with people, when I encounter uh, lost people, am I witnessing to them, and am I seeing fruit from that? Not just during a sermon, not just in a church setting, but am I noticing that my testimony, my life, is drawing people to Christ? Is it creating, duplicating? Is it, it, does it look like I'm helping make disciples, which is what the Great Commission is? It wasn't the Great Suggestion. It was the Great Commission. He said, go and make disciples. So there's a good place to start. This is what I look for in my life. Am I making disciples? All right, so that's, that's a fruit. Another fruit, we, we, we look within our home. We look within our home. And you have to be careful here because, you know, you can be a great parent and you can have a great home. And sometimes there's going to be that wayward child. You know, sometimes there's going to be that son or daughter that's rebellious. So please understand, I acknowledge that. But I look at my own home and I, and I look at my boys and I say, okay. We're doing something all right there. I can't take full credit for that. I can't even take partial credit for it. But I'm going to take a little credit for it. My, my boys are an example. And boy, I'm going to tell you, growing up, you know, uh, everybody always said, you know about them preacher kids. <laughs> and I'd say, yeah, you know why they're that bad? Because they hang around deacon's kids. Amen? <laughs> oh! That's just kidding. Um, but I look at my, I look at my kids. How are my kids? What kind of people? What kind of men have I raised? All right, so that's fruit. Then you look beyond that little circle. What about your neighbors? What would your neighbor say about you? You know, anybody that's been in the military that has had to have a security clearance. Uh, Ma'am, the first time I lived next door to a guy out at Barksdale and the people showed up in the black suits and the black shades and Men in Black was the top movie that year. I'm thinking, what in the world? And they just wanted to come and ask me about my neighbor because he was getting a, a, a security clearance and they want to know what kind of neighbor he is. And you know what it caused me to do? It caused me to think about, what would he say about me? <laughs> you know? Well, seriously, what would your neighbors on either side of you, what would your coworkers say about you? What are, what are people going to say about you one day when there's a box up here with you in it or a vase somewhere with you in it? What are people going to say about you at that point? That's producing fruit. So look at your own life and ask, what would people say about me? What would the people that know me best say about me? What would the people that have lived with me, uh, worked with me, what would they say? Because I'm just going to tell you, those are the people that know. Those are the people that, that truly know what you're like when the heat gets turned up, when the hot water heater breaks, when, when there's traffic. Those are the people that know what you're like behind the scenes. So just evaluate your own life. Try not to be a fruit inspector of someone else. Look at your own life. And then let's talk about this. Because it's one thing to get connected to Jesus, but do you stay connected? Sometimes you can call someone at the very beginning. They can hear you. You can hear them. And then somewhere in the middle of the call, after you've been talking nonstop for five minutes without even breathing, you realize they're not there. And when you call them back, you got to ask them, what was the last thing you heard? And it may be something you said ten minutes before that. Well, we're not going back there. 
We're not going back there. I, uh, here lately, I don't know what's going on with my dad's phone. You need to get a check. Uh, but, but he'll call me out of the blue. And this is what it, how it goes. Hey. I said, hey, you called me. No, I didn't. I thought you called me. No, you called me. I have it right here on my phone. It was called, you called me. Oh, well, I didn't mean to call you. Well, maybe since we're already on the phone, we might as well just talk. <laughs> Does he do that to you, Eloise? I was just wondering. Is it just me? Okay, I'll accept that. <laughs> connected. So it's important to get connected. It's important to stay connected. Are you staying connected? So if a branch is not connected, I don't know if you caught that, but in our text that we read, if a branch is not connected, it's eventually going to die. It can only sustain itself for a short while. It'll start to wither. It'll start to waver. It'll start to die because that is the natural process. I love this translation of verse 6 in the Message Bible. Listen to this message translation of verse 6. Read along in your translation and see maybe if you pick up on some differences. Verse 6. Separated, you can't produce a thing. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood, gathered up and thrown on the bonfire. I like that thought that was kind of a neat translation of that verse. Most people who claim to be a Christian are not thriving. They're in that withering or wavering category. And the problem is at some point they drop the connection. They were connected. They neglected the study of God's Word. They neglected their devotional time. They sat out of church a couple of Sundays and a couple of Sundays turned into five years. It's, it's, it's something happened in that walk. And so then they start losing that connection. By the way, you remember that little game we used to play when we were kids when someone hid something? And let, let's just say this is it, right? This is what somebody has hidden. And, and you're the little child and you're over here and your brother or sister or friend that would play this game with you when you'd sit there and walk around, you know, they'd say, you're cold, you're cold, you're getting colder, you're colder. So then I, now you know to change direction. And then they start, you're getting warmer, 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 colder, colder, warmer, warmer. You're getting warm. You're really warm. You're hot. You're hot. Oh, okay. You remember that game? The closer you got to something, the warmer it was. The same is true of our relationships. Some of you are getting colder and colder and colder. Your heart's getting colder. Your relationship is getting colder because you're getting further away. Further away. Just come back. He stands there like the dad waiting on the prodigal son. Come on back because when you start coming back, I'm going to meet you on the road. And I'm going to embrace you and I'm going to say, welcome back. I've been waiting on you for a long time. We need to remember that that relationship has to be cultivated. I love the quote by Adrian Rogers, the Christian walk should not be about straining, but remaining. Not about straining, but remaining. That's that part about staying connected, abiding in Christ. That's what the word abide means, to remain. So how do you remain? You might have heard recently about the award-winning pumpkin. This thing was huge. I pulled up an article on it. Uh, they say it's about the size of a Mini Cooper. Oh, a wow. pumpkin. 
And here's what happens. Obviously, there's a lot to that and a lot that they can put illegally in the soil and the growth process. And uh, it also has something to do with the seed and the, the germination of that. But, but stay, stay with me here for a minute. That pumpkin grew to such a large extent because it stayed connected. And I, I wonder about that farmer that was trying to make the, the record. He was going for the Guinness Book of World Records, and it actually wound up being the largest pumpkin in North America, 2,300-something pounds. But I wonder at what point that he knew I can cut it off. Because, you know, once you get something growing like that, you just think, maybe it'd get a little bigger. Maybe, you know, maybe it gets a little greedy and you think, it's just a little more. There has to be the right, there has to be a right time to do that. But it's, it grew to that extent, and it literally is the size of a Mini Cooper, a small vehicle. And it, st- it grew that size because it was connected. Had it been cut off, it wouldn't have had the nutrients, it wouldn't have got what it needed to. To grow and to maintain spiritual health, you've got to stay connected. That morning that you wake up and you don't have time to do a quiet time, listen to what I'm about to tell you. Do it anyway. That day that that you think you're going to sleep in instead of going to to Sunday school or Bible study because you just don't feel it, that's the day you need it the most. That's the day where someone in that class is going to say something that you needed to hear. That day that you think, you know, I think I'll just skip church. That's the day you need to be there because can I just tell you, we have an enemy that strategizes and he knows when you're going to miss something, when you're going to miss a a Bible study, a Sunday school class, or a sermon that was meant for your heart, meant for your ears. And if he can create a little distraction, and if on that day he can make you desire sleep more than study, he'll do what the enemy will do whatever it takes to distract you. And by the way, there's a warning from the prophet Jeremiah. In Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse 21, I want you to listen to this. Jeremiah, that Old Testament prophet, warned us. In Jeremiah 2 and verse 21, I planted you a choice vine. I planted you from the very best seed. How then could you turn into a degenerate foreign vine? The Old Testament prophet in Jeremiah 2 and verse 21, I planted you a choice vine. You were mine. I planted you from the very best seed. How then could you turn into a degenerate foreign vine? If you know anything about the history of Israel, you know that over the years they were corrupted by enemies. They were corrupted by foreign cultures that infiltrated and, and gave them idols and gave them false gods. And, and they would turn away from the only true living God and accept a false idol instead. And God said, why would you do that? I, you're a choice seed. You're supposed to be different. A lot of times it starts small. It starts from something very small, something that you don't think is very significant. And then all of a sudden, after a few weeks, you notice a change in your attitude. You notice a change in your heart. When you notice that, when you start seeing that, you're losing the connection. You're losing the connection, but it's not too late. It is not too late. Listen to that. Repent and come back. J.C. Ryle explained it this way. To abide in Christ means to keep up a habit of constant, close communion with God. To be always leaning on Him 
resting on Him, pouring out our hearts to Him, and using Him as our fountain of life and strength, as our chief companion and best friend. J.C. Ryle said, to have His Word abiding in us is to keep His sayings and precepts continually before our memories and minds and to make His Word our guide and the rule of our daily conduct and behavior. Are you a follower of Jesus today? Are you close to the vine, the true vine? Get connected and stay connected. Abide in Christ. Let's pray. Dear Most Gracious Heavenly Father, I ask during this part of the service that we